Praise God, God is good. Man, we are so blessed today. Uh, I'm so glad we're in a church that believes not just in the youth uh, being, being able to minister and being able to serve God someday in the future, but today as well. Amen. I'm so glad we're in a church that understands and believes and releases, empowers, believes in young people ministering the Word of God today. Amen. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people, a lot of people, they'll say things like, oh, you know, I can't learn from this person or I can't learn from that person. And can I tell you, when we ever say there's a certain person we can or cannot learn from, there's certain people in my life I'll allow God to speak through and not through, come on, we're limiting what God wants to do in our lives. Amen. I just encourage you, open up your heart. The Lord wants to speak to you this morning. The Lord wants to speak to you, and He's going to speak to you through these young people. Amen. And so we love the young people at Eternity Church. And uh, we, again, I just, I just believe that they're not just the church of the future. You know, they're alive now, right? They're alive today, right? And so I'm excited about what God's going to do here today. And uh, um, my son, actually, um, he's the pastor's kid, right? And at Eternity Church, um, we're not like, oh, pastor's kids. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just leaning on that. You get certain privileges, all right? And um, <laughs> so he asked if he could come and introduce his, uh, his youth pastor today. And I said, yes. Yeah. So he's got some things he wants to say about his youth pastor today. So give it up for my boy Judah Newman as he comes to preach. I'm Judah. I'm Pastor Lawrence and Jesse's oldest kid. Um, <laughs> can I tell you how blessed you all are tonight being here instead of going somewhere else? Um, even as a, <laughs> even to, as a pastor's kid, we still need youth pastors, teachers to teach us more about God. Because being with the pastor's kid doesn't mean that you can learn everything about the Bible like, by year. <laughs> so Pastor Connor it really inspires my family and me and stuff. So, um, she helps me stay strong in the Lord. She helps me pray. She's super caring and kind. She's also a teacher. And she's super fun. Anyway, it's my privilege to introduce my youth pastor, the best youth pastor in the world. So, church, give it up for Pastor Connor. Thank you so much, Judah. That was such a kind word. You're doing an awesome job. One day, you're to be up here sharing the word of God too. I can't wait to see that happen. But church, I'm so excited that you guys are here. Are you enjoying youth takeover so far? Yes, I am so excited that you guys have the opportunity to hear from our youth this morning. You can go ahead and take your seats. So we will have two students who are going to come up. They're going to share about a 10-minute message each, and then I'll be back up to share another word but I just want to explain to you a little bit about what our Wednesday nights look like. This year, we change things a little bit. You know, it's as the church, we like to learn and grow, right? Right? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes change can be brutal. It can be a little painful. But change is growth. And we have to wrestle to get some change sometimes, right? And that's what we have learned that we have to wrestle with God sometimes. And so on Wednesday nights, I share about a 12 minute message and then our students break up into small groups for 20 minutes. Now what that 20 minutes is for, that's for them to wrestle. They wrestle with the truth that they just heard. 
They get to discuss. They get to talk about the things that they think or believe, or maybe they talk about things that they don't actually believe yet, right? Because there's some wrestling to do in that. And so you have the opportunity to hear from two students this morning who have done a lot of wrestling. They have been wrestling with God their whole life, but especially the past couple of years. And so I want to introduce our first speaker to you. She is one of the kindest, sweetest women you will ever meet. Her smile lights up every room that she goes into. She is a servant's servant. She serves all over the place. I am so sad to say that we are going to see her leave this summer. She's going to Hillsong College in Arizona where she's going to learn more about God. God has so many more things in store for her, but would you just do me the biggest honor by welcoming up Faith Durkin as she shares the word. Hi guys, <laughs> I'm Faith, thank you so much. Um, I wanna honor Pastor Jesse, Pastor Laura, and, and Pastor Connor again. I'm so thankful to be in this church that doesn't look at the youth and see the future, what's to come, but they see us as leaders right now. Um, and I'm so thankful that I've been taught here that there's not a junior God or a junior Holy Spirit for me, but the same God in you is the same God inside of me. So I'm just so thankful. So can we just give it up for them again? Awesome. A couple things about me, like Pastor Connor said, my name is Faith Jerken. Um, I'm 17 years old, and I graduated from Johnson High School a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm going to Hillsong College to pursue my calling to youth ministry, which I'm so thankful for that opportunity as well. Um, and I've been coming to Eternity for about four years now, and I was saved one of my first times here. Um, Pastor Benny Perez was here, and he prophesied over my life, and it just instantly saved me. Um, I have two main questions I want to talk about today, and the first one is, who are you letting into your life, and what are you letting into your life? Um, I have always listened to the voices around me a lot more than I should have, to be honest. Um, in middle school and high school, that for sure, I heard so many things around me, and I wanted to make people happy to the best of my ability, and I thought to make them the happiest, I would have to change who I was and who God called me to be to make them happy. So I would kind of go around and put on a different face for different people, depending on who they were and who, what I've heard about them. Um, and this became very draining, and it was such a battle trying to find where my identity was and who it was in. Um, so like I said, I was just so drained. So I want to ask you, what are you searching for in your life? Maybe it's addictions or relationships. Maybe you're searching for influence or status or power or money. Um, whatever it is, I encourage you to just give it up to God and surrender it to God because once I learned and once I experienced that my identity is in God and God alone, my entire life changed. Um, even just the day-to-day -day life or hour-to-hour, -hour, things change now that God is in my life. And it's something I can't describe. It's something I could never do in my own power. Um, with God in my life, I've experienced the fullness of life that he's had for me, and the same goes for you. You will experience the fullness that God has for you, and again, like I said, it's nothing you can do in your own power. That's how I know it's from the Lord. Something that's been on my heart recently is our culture asks for perfection out of us, and when we don't give them perfection, they often reject us. 
Um, and that's something that I love so much about God is we do not have to be perfect to come for, we don't have to be perfect to come to him. He doesn't ask for perfection out of us. He sees us as we are and he loves us more than anyone in this world can do, which just blows my mind. Um, there's a song lyric that has just been placed on my heart so strongly. It's you don't want perfection, just my soul's attention. So that's all he's asking for. He doesn't want you to be perfect or to seem to act perfect or to change who you are. Come to him as you are, and he will use that. He's created you for a purpose. Um, my favorite Bible verse has been John 13, verse 7, um, and it says, Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. And this verse has been like a foundation for me. Um, it's been a truth that I can cling to. And like any other relationship, trust is really important, right? Yeah. So your relationship with God, you're going to have to trust him when you don't want to or you don't know how to. So this has been a verse that has touched me and encouraged me to trust him when I don't understand. Because it's not in my control. It's in God's control. And again, he, will, he knows what he's doing. He will use that for good. Um, so I've grown up in the church, and I've had ups and downs in the church. Um, I've always grown up serving in the church. I love giving back to the church. That's given me so much in my life. Um, I'm also a very open person, if you didn't know that. So I love to share a lot about what's going on in my life. Um, but again, in middle school and high school, that was kind of hard for me because I felt judged and misunderstood a lot of the time. Um, like people didn't know where I was coming from. Um, I was condemned a lot for things I was doing. And that made me want to turn away from everything that I was facing because that's the opposite of what I was searching for. Um, I had a hole inside of me and I was broken and I was blinded um, by what God was doing. And I thought people and things of the world could fill that hole. Um, but I'm here to tell you that they cannot. Things of this world cannot fill you um, in any way. Um, that's when I came to eternity and I learned that I am welcome here. God welcomes me as I am. Um, people here have welcomed me as I am, and I've learned that God's grace covers my sin. I don't have to live in shame, and I'm free. Um, I did struggle with shame for a really long time of things that I've been doing, and I was carrying a lot of weight, and I just felt heavy, and I felt dragged down um, by the devil, and I was getting all of these lies spoken into my head. Um, and I wanted it gone so badly with everything inside of me. And so I would come down to the altar for prayer every weekend, every week at youth. I would ask my parents and my friends to pray for me. Um, I felt so undeserving of the good things that God had in store for me. And I didn't think um, I deserved it. I thought I was too far gone. Um, so about a year and a half after coming down for prayer and trying to get rid of this weight, I still had it. And again, I didn't understand why, but I learned that I didn't open myself up, I didn't open my heart, I still had my heart closed. So even as these people and these leaders around me were speaking these incredible truths into my life, these promises that I could stand on, I didn't believe them about myself. So if there's something in your life being spoken into your life that you don't believe it about yourself, I encourage you to open yourself up because what God's gonna do is going to be incredible. It will change your life. Um, it's crazy to me that God gave us free will, so it's up to you with what you do with that. So just think about that. My second question for you is, what does God have to do with my identity? Um, so I've gone through a lot of seasons that I've struggled with my identity, and I still kind of am right now, trying to figure it all out. Um, my freshman year of high school was the hardest. I lost a lot of my families and a lot of my friends' trust for a relationship that was not healthy for me in any way. 
Um, and like I touched on earlier, I had a hole in my heart and I filled it with this relationship. Um, and I wanted to feel needed. I wanted to, I just had the desire to feel needed. Um, and that's, this is what I thought it was because I was searching so much around me. Um, and it lasted for a little bit. I felt needed for a little bit, but it never lasted as long as I was searching for it too. Um, but once I gave it up to God, once I surrendered and spoke out loud what I was doing, I'm not proud of what I did, but I have never learned more about God, who God is, who I am, who I am through God, what God's grace does for me. Like, he has set you free. He calls you free. You were not designed to live in the shame that you're living in. Surrender it. He calls you beautiful. He calls you valued. He calls you priceless. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you, church. And you're not too far gone. While it's so much easier to chase the world for satisfaction, again, I'm here to tell you it won't last. Um, it doesn't matter your age, where you come from, who people say you are, or how far lost you seem. When you bring Jesus into your life, he's on your side fighting for you, and he will fill in the gaps for you where you need it. Searching the world for what only God can provide will lower our expectations of God. My life is found in him. Only he tells me who I am. My identity is in him. He's created me as I am. Again, he calls you beautiful. He sees you as you are, and he will not leave you. So let your identity stand on that when you're looking for your identity. Faith is lived best when it's owned. So if you think about a house, I don't know if any of you have rented a house, but I, my family rented a house a little, a while ago. Um, but I remember there were all these rules. So we couldn't have a dog. We couldn't hang things up in certain situations or certain places. Um, but now that we own our house, there's not as many rules like that. We can live more freely. And it's the same with God. So I encourage you to own your faith, be confident in it, be able to live freely in it, walk around and share it boldly because that's what he wants for you. There is hope. Um, and there's so many distractions around us in the world. Um, but just keep running towards God and what he has for you. Once you have a peace about it, that's how you know it's from God. Um, like, if you don't have peace about it, it's not from the Lord. So find that peace. The same day I got out of the relationship that I was in, my mom drove me to church and had me talk to Pastor Connor, <laughs> um, which was, at first I was really scared to do because I'd been so condemned for it. Um, but ha speaking it out loud to another believer was where I found truth. Um, I was able to be pointed back to the direction I was supposed to be in, and I still rest on a lot of those promises today. Life is not automatically easy once you give up control to God. Um, I'm still struggling right now. I'm in just a waiting season, and my patience is being tested for sure because I feel called somewhere, but I'm not able to get there, things like that. Um, but now that I have such a foundation of what God has already done in my life, I know that he's not done, and he's going to keep moving. Um, so I just encourage you to trust in him. Have him be your foundation. Um, have him be your identity, and he will never let you down. Can you guys just give it up again for Faith? That was an amazing word that she just gave. So good. Our identity is found in Christ. That has to be the foundation of our faith. If you don't know who God says you are, you are going to fail. 
you are going to come across obstacle and obstacle and obstacle and life is going to be so much more difficult if your foundation is not set in the hope that is Jesus. Another thing that I just love about Faith is she doesn't just attend youth on Wednesdays. She's here throughout the week. She's here every weekend. She's able to attend our women's ministry called Fearless. She gets to hear from women of God that she can look up to. But Eternity also has an amazing men's ministry called Hero. It's here every Thursday morning at 6.30. So if you are crazy or just fully caffeinated, get here at 6.30 every Thursday morning, just like our next speaker who is a high school student. So if he can get his butt out of bed here at 6.30, you can get your butt out of bed and be here. But I just want you to encourage him the way that he encourages me. Every time I walk off of the stage on Wednesday night, he's one of the first students to come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Connor, that was an amazing word. And I am so thankful for him in that way. So if you could all do him the honor and encourage him the same way that he encourages me. Next up, we have Jackson Lutz. Thank you, Pastor Connor, for that amazing introduction. Uh, thank you, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Jesse, for giving me this amazing opportunity just to share my testimony with you guys and uh, kind of preach in a sermon way. <laughs> uh, like Pastor Connor said, my name is Jackson Lutz. I am 16 years old, and I have been coming to eternity ever since eternity was eternity, so about nine years now. Uh, I was saved at a very young age, but understood the uh, basic concept of what I was doing, how I accepted God into my life, and how I was going to heaven because of that. But I really didn't figure out anything about the relationship or the things that came with uh, accepting Christ until later on in my life. Uh, I've gone to Des Moines Christian School my whole life, and that's given me an amazing viewpoint on Christianity uh, and has helped me grow in my relationship with Christ just to better understand uh, the basic things that come with Christianity and even the more intermediate things. Uh, but like I said, at first when I accepted Christ, I didn't think much of it. I knew that I was going to heaven and I thought that was about it and that, that was all God expected of me. But uh, it is not a one and done scenario. It is a uh, scenario that will play out for the rest of your life and it's uh, constantly working through you and in you and everything you do. Uh, so four takeaways. Uh, I have four takeaways that I would like for you to take away from this. Uh, the first one is that God has a calling for you, but it is your choice whether or not you're going to follow that call calling. I started attending our church's youth group in sixth grade, and my favorite part of youth group has always been youth camp. We always go out somewhere awesome. We always hang out with our friends and just learn a bunch about the Bible and just play a bunch of games and have fun in general. Uh, and the sixth grade sermon, I don't remember a ton of it. I remember it was about the Holy Spirit and his power. Uh, but really, the only part I remember about it is the, fifth, uh, the last 15 to 20 minutes of it. Uh, the pastor, the preacher, had set a certain amount of time for us just to be able to pray and dig into God. Uh, and he wanted us to keep repeating the words, Holy Spirit, fill me up. And Everybody was down in the front. Everybody was getting prayed for. Everybody was praying. And while I was uh, praying, Holy Spirit, fill me up, 
I felt God placed a calling on my heart to go to Lebanon and go to parts of Africa and be a missionary there. And at first, I thought I was insane and that nobody was going to believe me when I went back to my cabin that night. But it turns out a close friend of mine had actually heard the same calling. And uh, we talked to Pastor Sean about that, who at, the same, or who at that time was the youth pastor. And he encouraged us just to go and keep praying about it and ask for wisdom and clarity and to talk to our parents about it and just try to get a better understanding uh, of what that means for us. That whole situation reminded me of the verse Jeremiah 29:11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And while God does have those plans for us, it's still our choice whether or not we're going to do those plans for him and whether or not we're going to walk with him along that path. Personally, I am the type of guy that left my calling in the past and really forgot about it after a few weeks uh, and didn't do anything about it just because I felt like I wasn't ever going to be able to live up to it. And since I was a sixth grader, I thought that it was way too far in the future to be even thinking about. Which brings me to my second point. <laughs> God's plan is on his timeline, and he will equip you with what you need to fill his calling. Since sixth grade, I've been constantly reminded about my calling. Uh, through school, I was able to pray, learn, study, and even talk to other students about Lebanon uh, and to better understand what I'm going to be going through uh, when I get there. And God also equips us for what uh, he calls us to do. Personally, I feel like he has equipped me with the passion and the gift of praise and worship. Uh, but everybody's equipped in different ways. Everybody, you might, it might be prayer for somebody. It might be uh, just the fact of communication between two other people. Uh, it's just different. But for me personally, I may not know how uh, praise and worship is going to affect the way I minister to people. But I know it's going to be different from uh, people with different passions and different gifts from God. The reason I feel safe going to Lebanon comes from my mom's favorite saying, uh, which is, the safest place for you to be is where God wants you to be. Yeah. Meaning, that, <laughs> meaning that no matter what the situation is, as long as you have God with you and you're where God wants you to be, you're going to be good through that time. I kind of reaffirmed my calling uh, in 2017 when I had a conversation with my grandma the thing is, my grandma had dementia, and she was unable to speak, uh, and so having the conversation, she was responding to me talking to her with actual words and not just nonsense, and so we were being able to talk back and forth, and we talked about how much she loved me, and she told me how I, God was going to do amazing things through me, and we talked about Lebanon and that stuff and how the mission trip was important and how I needed to start preparing for that. And so I really took that as a sign from God that I needed to be a missionary and that I needed to start getting prepared for that mission. My third point is that everyone sins and that doesn't make you less of a Christian. I struggle with sin every single day. I don't know about all of you, but I'm pretty sure you guys do too. And it's not, it, it's not something, you should feel bad about it, but God is willing to forgive you for that sin. In Psalm 130, verse 4, it says, But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Now, I'm not saying to go ahead and go sin, because you can. That's not what I'm trying to say. 
I'm saying that when you do sin, you can just pray and ask God for forgiveness, and he will forgive you. You don't have to go do a ton of trials or a ton, ton of uh, different things to be forgiven. It's just pray, dear Jesus, forgive me, and he'll forgive you. My fourth point is that God is always with you, and he will help you when you need it. COVID. <laughs> Last year, COVID shut down school, and I was so excited because I thought I was getting an extra two weeks of summer vacation, and I was wrong. <laughs> school shut down. Our church shut down. Uh, I couldn't see my friends, and there was nothing else to do, so I decided to take an interest in the biking. And I managed to break my arm, and I was unable to do that anyways. So I'm stuck downstairs doing nothing. I can't go see my friends. I can't do anything. I can't go to a pool or play in water or anything. Uh, and I felt like I was being punished for something. I didn't know why. And I started to get really depressed, and I felt very weak at that time. And my mom noticed that I was feeling and having those feelings, and she told me that I needed to start praying and reading the Bible more. And so I did, and one of the verses I found is Psalms 34, 18, which says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. Soon after I started praying and just believing and reading the Bible, uh, church opened back up, and I was able to see my friends again, which was amazing, and I took that as another gift from God. Uh, so recap of the takeaways. The first one is that God has a calling for you, but it's your choice whether or not you are going to follow that calling. Second takeaway is that even if you don't see change right away, that doesn't mean that he isn't working in and through you because it's on his timeline and not yours. The third is that everyone sins. That doesn't make you less of a Christian, and God will forgive you if you ask for forgiveness. And then the final point is that God is always with you, and he will help you get through the hard times in life when you think that there is no way out. <laughs> Personally, I have started uh, or kept reading and praying. Uh, currently, I'm reading the Bible in chronological order, which is I strongly suggest because it is very interesting how many stories happen at the same time in the Bible and how much it jumps around. Uh, and I know he's still preparing me for the calling of going to Lebanon and parts of Africa. Uh, even by this, just being able to minister and preach to you guys uh, is helping me get the confidence and the strength and the knowledge of being able to go and uh, spread the word to other places. And I was supposed to go to a missions trip this summer, actually, to Haiti. Uh, sadly, that got moved to next summer because of COVID. But God's even laying out the future in front of me and showing me that next year I am going to Haiti and next year I am going to go do missions trip in Haiti. I'm going to do great things there. And I'm just so thankful uh, for what God has already done in my life. And I'm so excited to see what God does next. If there is one thing I could leave with you, it's Philippians 1.6, which says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Church, God is not done with you, just like he's not done with me. Awesome. Can you guys give it up again for Faith and Jackson? They did an awesome word this weekend. I am so thankful for them. It's amazing to see God using them now, not just in the future. God is already using them. And I just want to highlight something that Jackson said in his story. 
church, just like Jackson said about COVID and what he experienced in that time, that is exactly why our church opened back up and we are never going to shut our doors again. We need the body of believers. We need to be in fellowship and we need to be with faith-filled people cheering us on into the hope that is Jesus. Amen? Amen. I just want to briefly honor Pastor Jesse, Pastor Lauren, Pastor Sean, wherever he went over there. They are doing an amazing job building up our staff, building up our youth, building up our church. So I just want to say a big thank you to all of you guys. We love you. You're doing an awesome job. I also want to say thank you to those of you who are parents. If you are parents in here, you are so loved you are a blessing to the kids that you have. And if you have a student that is 18 or under, I just want you to stand up because I want to honor you. And I want us all to give you a round of applause because you are doing an amazing job. You are wise. You are gifted. You were made specifically for the kids that you have. So keep keeping on. God is on your side. He's fighting on your behalf. The times where you feel weak, he is strengthening you. So keep going. I am on your side. I am fighting for you too. You guys are amazing. But I love the testimonies that you just heard from Faith and Jackson. And as, as Sarah shared at the start, at the wild, we are about discovering the love of God, exploring who he has made us to be, and then sharing our story. And how amazing is it that in Faith's testimony, you heard how she has discovered the love of God and who she is. And then in Jackson's story, you hear how he is exploring who God has made him to be. And then here they are on this stage sharing with you their stories. We are literally watching it unfold before our eyes. God is on the move, church. He is moving right now. He is moving. But there's something else that I want you to see from their testimonies. They are stepping on board with God's adventures. God is an adventurous God. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that we serve an adventurous God? He is creative. He wants us to go on adventures with him. Ephesians 3.20 says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is, in, that is at work within us. He is able to do more than we ask or imagine. One thing that I have learned about this generation working with this youth is their imagination, their creativity. I am blown away week after week in seeing what they put their mind to, the things that they create, they want to be a part of this world. They want to see change happen, and they want to be a part of that change. They are creative because God has made them to be creative. And every week, I am inspired by them. Every week, I am inspired by their faith. 
their faith to pursue the things that God puts their hearts to. But as you even heard from them, we don't always jump on board with God's plans, do we? He puts things on our heart and we're like, hold up, that doesn't sound right. Like we heard from Jackson, God is saying, Jackson, I want you to go to Lebanon. I want you to share with these people my hope, my joy. Oh, and by the way, it's one of the most dangerous countries in the world. I probably wouldn't jump on board right away either, right? Am I the only one? Okay, one other person. (laughs) I wouldn't jump on board right away either, but what I find so interesting from his story is why he didn't want to go back and share with his friends what he heard. He said, I thought that I was maybe crazy. I thought that they wouldn't believe me. God, this can't be true. You can't be asking me, a sixth grader, to do something like this. This is too big. In fact, God, I would rather settle for less. How many times have we said, God, I would rather settle for less? We see the Israelites in the Old Testament do this time and time again. Settling for less. No, Moses, we're okay here as slaves. I know you've come to set us free and you're talking to Pharaoh on our behalf, but we're okay. We're comfortable here. We've been here for years. We know what's expected of us. Or no, Moses, we would rather go back to Egypt. I know that you've just parted the Red Sea, that God did this amazing miracle, but we would rather go back because in Egypt, we knew where our food was coming from. And here in the wilderness, it doesn't look so great. Or Aaron, can you just build us an idol? Make us a God because the God that we serve, I think he forgot about us. Moses went up on his mountain. He's been up there for, geez, like three days, right? It was only three days before they were asking to settle for a lesser God. Settling for less. But then we get to the book of Isaiah. If you haven't read the book of Isaiah, read it. It is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's all about prophesying who the Israelite nation is going to be, God's chosen people. I want to read you what God says in Isaiah 49. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. It is too small a thing. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. You, my servant, you are going to bring back my people. You are going to call on my name and they are going to come and be restored. That's an amazing thing, right? That is a good thing. But what does God say? I have more. I have more. Even that is too small a thing because the thing that I have called you to do is to go to the ends of the earth to the people who have never heard my name. I have more. Don't settle. And I believe that that is what God is telling you today. Don't settle. 
Stop settling for less. Think bigger. Our God is so much bigger than what you can ask or imagine. So my question for you, church, is where are you settling? Where in life are you settling for less? Maybe it's in your job. You just go to a job to get a paycheck. Or maybe you have this, this passion, this gift to design things, to create things, but eh, I don't know that I can make a business on my own. Or maybe you have a passion for something that seems so big that you alone couldn't do it. You couldn't make a difference. Or maybe you're settling for a relationship that isn't honoring, that isn't respecting, that isn't loving, but that's the only kind of relationship you've experienced. Or maybe you're settling for your kids just going to church. Those aren't bad things, are they? They're not all bad things, but are you settling? Is the thing that you're experiencing settling? Because maybe your job is just okay because what you're passionate about is actually what God has called you to do, but you're too scared to pursue it. Or maybe that passion to design and to craft was not only so that God could give you a business, but that business is going to bless people because you are going to sponsor kids in other countries with the proceeds of that business. Or maybe your kids, you don't only want them to know Jesus and go to church. God wants them to experience him and to be filled with his Holy Spirit, fire, and all of the gifts that he has. You see, I want them to see from the life that I have lived that they can chase the crazy, wild dreams that God puts in their heart because I never want them to forget how big the God is that we serve because he is bigger than what we see. He is bigger than what we plan. So church, where have you been settling? I think that it's time for you to take that thing to God and say, God, this is what I see, but what do you see? What do you see here? What in my life do you want to do more with? You, the one who has promised to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. Don't settle, church. Don't settle. God has an amazing adventure planned for you. He has so much more, so don't settle. Church, would you go ahead and stand with me and would you just praise God if you receive that word this morning? Don't settle. He has so much more in store for you. He has so much more. I'm going to invite Pastor Sean to come up. He is going to lead you in salvation. But church, I just want to say a big thank you. You have been amazing. Thank you for championing our youth. Thank you for believing in them. Thank you for giving them a place to grow in their gift of God and believing in them because they are the church now. Can we give it up for Pastor Connor? Isn't she awesome? I love you, Pastor Connor.
Like she said, we never have a service where we don't give everybody an opportunity to meet Jesus for the first time. Not in here, not at the Wild on Wednesday nights, not upstairs in Kids Church. We always give people an opportunity to meet Jesus. And let me tell you, I'm grateful for the next generation. I'm grateful for the previous generations. If you're 50 or older in here, God bless you. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for leading the way that we can be here today doing what we're doing. But let me tell you something real quick. I'm grateful for the faith of my forefathers. I'm grateful that they saw seas parted, lives changed, people raised from the dead. I'm grateful for that. I want that kind of faith. But let me tell you, just last service, I sat right there. And right next to me was a young man by the name of Ian Cameron. And I've, seen, I've known this kid pretty much his entire life. And I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping and I'm looking over at him just in awe at his heart for God. And I look and I put my arm around him. I'm like, buddy, you're going to change the world one day. And he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I want that kind of faith. I want the kind of faith that as a child, you go, yeah, yeah, duh. I know I'm going to change the world someday. I want the kind of faith that says, God, I want to see mountains moved myself. Thank you that my parents saw mountains moved, but I want to see my mountains moved. I want to see my friends know Jesus. And so church, if you're here today and you don't know what that faith is like, you don't know what it's like to have something that big and powerful love you. And let me tell you, he doesn't just love you out of some spiritual or theological obligation. He doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because he actually likes you. He looks at you, Sarah, and says, I like you just as you are. I love you just as you are. And if you're here in this place and you say, I don't know what that's like to experience that kind of love, I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus today. What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer one line at a time. Everybody in the room is going to pray it so nobody feels alone. And if you would just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's what it says. That's biblical. And so we're all going to repeat it together, but it's up to you to believe in your heart. It's up to you to make that decision that says, I'm going to start chasing after Jesus today. So would you all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? It's going to be super private, but everybody's going to say it together. Say, dear God, please forgive me of the things I've done wrong. You call it sin. And help me to chase after you, to live my adventure to be willing to be uncomfortable, to live a life full of faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all give God a hand clap of praise in this place today?